0: The history of football we knows about And we want to expand what we know We'll become
1: such intelligent gentry With every kick-to-kick show Beginning in
0: the time 1870s Right through to the modern day Tune in for Timmy Coops and the Kazman To hear what they all
2: have to say
0: Welcome to the Kick to Kick podcast It's uh, Tim and Charlie here today Yeah,
2: it's a special It is
0: a special, one of the specials we do every now and then This one is a state of origin special
2: Yes, nice Because
0: 1977 was the year of the first proper state of origin
2: Yeah, yeah. so before this we've had like um, We've
0: had representation Yeah But that's representing the state you're playing in Not the state you're from, from Not yeah. your state of origin
2: mm. Oh, so that's where it comes No, of course, yeah Amazing
0: um, which leads me just before we start that, Charlie. I just want to talk a little bit about the Tasmanian licence bid that's currently going on in yeah. the AFL.
2: Talking current history in the making.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know we're a few weeks away from the AFL making a decision on whether a Tassie team comes into the league, and I know both you and I are very strongly for this
2: absolutely, happening. absolutely. And I feel like the sentiment. Everywhere Is that we We believe You know The majority Is for For it Absolutely It's just
0: There seems to be A loud A very vocal minority Who are making A lot of headlines Which Yes Is very I find it very selfish Especially some of the clubs That we might Quickly talk about But Tassie is a Foundation state they were you know found they were founded before victoria and Mm -hmm. hobart was a city before melbourne was absolutely they've been playing footy since 1886 like 1887 is their first state game yeah which is almost 15 years more uh, earlier than wa
2: yeah absolutely and it's um i mean we don't need to go through the the fact that so many of the great names in our game are tasmanian and you know
0: they've given us so many so much haven't they like Royce Hart, Daryl Baldock, Ian Stewart, Verdon Howell, um Jeremy Howe,
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew Richardson, yeah.
0: Nick Rewalt, Jack Rewalt. I mean, the list goes on and on. Kazali? Or did he now, move that's actually to a, another interesting Tasmania. thing. Here's a list of some players who actually moved
2: to, to play in Tasmania. Two yeah, Tasmania, yeah.
0: Roy Kazali, Sid Coventry, Peter McKenna, Dale Waitman, Stuart Spencer, Billy Pickin, Jack Beveridge, Hayden Button Jr., John Devine, Albert Collier, Laurie Nash.
2: So they've left the VFL to go and play well, they, in they, Tassie. They,
0: Play or coach? Yeah, yeah. So some absolute champions. So they say, you know, no one wants to move to Tassie. There's a list of champions who did. Yeah, exactly. Play or coach? Yeah. So there's so many champions from there. So many champions who went there. I mean, it's a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's purely financial. The conversation that we ha- is currently well, happening. It's
0: ridiculously around the stadium, which. Yeah. I don't know why they're being forced to do it. I mean, yeah, they'll need a stadium and they don't need it to start with. They've got two AFL stadiums that are used currently.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just not not as often, right? So they yeah, we we've, we've had the com- they've had the conversation that uh, cl- being able to close the roof is a non-negotiable and obviously that adds a hell of a lot of cash mm. to whatever you're doing. But I do understand that 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 is I mean, you're playing in Tas- in Tasmania in winter. You, need, you, well, you do need that You've been to see games in Tasmania Yes Yeah 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 And it's great It's fantastic But it it, it does still have that um, Local football feel Which isn't a bad thing No no It's not it's, uh, Yeah It d- d- shouldn't be disparaged But I guess that's not the way The AFL If you're doing it That's not the way you want it to be
0: No And especially that, that min- The minority Your yeah, Jeff Kennetts And your your uh, Jeff Brown And Tony Cochran Yeah The ones who don't want it Um are worried about that sort of it in a selfish way, I suppose, as well, because you don't get Tassie right now, you're losing forever. Yep. Basketball and soccer will take over, and there'll never be AFL.
2: A hundred percent. And we've talked so like so much in the past about how um, the the way the league is run has sort of uh, made the grassroots level quite anemic, right? Like yep. they're sucking resources out yep. of grassroots, and it's. And the game's all the poorer for it, yeah. in my in our oh, our opinions, yeah. um, and that's probably uh, most visible in, in Tassie, right? Like they don't have, they're not as strong across the board because no, they.
0: And you look at their draftees, and the less and less. From it's dwindling. Absolutely, it's really interesting. Caroline Wilson was talking about this the other week that, you know, Hawthorne's up in arms because obviously Jeff Kennett's torn because Hawthorne makes so much money from the Tassie government, yes. and they say we've been propping up Tassie for years and years, but. What have they actually done for Tassie? No, nothing. How many players? How many players have come out of Tassie because of Hawthorne?
2: Yeah, there's not an academy, and yeah, no. yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, percent. That's, that's why a
0: transplanted team's never going to work there.
2: As in the way it currently looks, yes. or, yeah. Or
0: taking a North Melbourne and putting it there, people just won't go. It needs to be a, a Tassie thing. Yeah, it's their team for them, representing them.
2: And the, I mean, the argument, and I think there is base in it that Tasmania is not a place, as in, like, there, there's a real divide between your Hobart, your North and South Tassie. It, yeah. it, there is a, a fair argument there, but... Same with Melbourne and Sydney. You, yeah, but you need they. we need to get past that.
0: That's not... Well, the Carter report debunked all that. Yeah. Like, the, they'll have the players, they'll make the money. Like, it, it's sound. Yeah. The report's been done and it's sound. It just, they need, for some reason, the tick of approval from these... These presidents,
2: and we were talking about this the other day. To me, we wonder whether it's a bit of um, buy-in. You need the buy-in from the other clubs because of the de- the debacle that the GWS, and, GWS Gold and Gold Coast have have been in terms of the way they basically demolished the um, draft. the draft for yeah. what five years, five six yeah, years. Yeah, Compromised draft for a while. Wasn't yeah, it? and we're only just getting out of that yeah. sort of. Sort yeah. of situation the, so
0: yeah Absolutely And the difference here is um, Tassie you're going Into an existing market So you're not trying To bring this game To people who haven't Been associated yeah, with it Yeah No you, You've so got a built in audience it's a game you love You can and now, now see it yeah, yeah, on, yeah, a, yeah. on a fortnightly basis With yeah. your own team
2: Yeah And I I know from friends Who live there Anecdotally of course That you know You, you might have, be transpl- Transplanted from Melbourne And a lot of people Who live in Tassie mm-hmm. Are from sydney or melbourne um and you've got your team and you're probably never going to change your team right but you're going to go and go for that team as your second team absolutely like of course you are my second team uh, yeah exactly but what an opportunity to you're not waiting to see north melbourne or hawthorne every what twice a year Mm. You've you've got a game hopefully every fortnight, and or,
0: you'll get the big teams going. You'll get Carlton, you'll get Richmond down there. You'll get Colleen exactly
2: not teams who are giving up games for cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah. So hopefully Tasmania in a few weeks does get the particular absolutely, and within the next you know three, four, five years we, we get a Tasmanian team in, um, which will make our our game complete even richer. Yeah, it'll yeah. Make absolutely. It
2: complete. Well, we've still got the territory. territory
0: yeah. Um, there's a great podcast as well called The Believers, which Alison Nicholson, a, a, a Tasmanian, has been doing, where he's been interviewing a lot of these key Tasmanian people and supporters about the exp- Tasie experience. And yeah, stuff. It's, it's worth a listen. So if you if you want to listen, give that a, a shout out as well. Uh, but let's get stuck into state of origin. Yes, Charlie. Um, when do you think the very first intercolonial representation match happened?
2: Um. Okay. So we know. That we had, you know, uh, interstate games, VFL. So I'm going to say around then, 1890.
0: Uh, Earlier. So the very first one was held on the 1st of July, 1879 at the East Melbourne Cricket Ground, going back all the way to the East Melbourne Cricket Ground. Oh, yeah. Um, Victoria took on South Australia. Victoria winning seven goals to South Australia, zero goals.
2: I feel like that's the biggest uh, rival, like biggest and oldest rivalry state-wise, right? Vixen South.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the oldest one because they were the first two to play. Yeah. So the next game was New South Wales and Queensland playing each other in some games in 1884. Tasmania played its first game against Victoria in 1887. Um, New Zealand played one against New South Wales in 1889. Western Australia didn't play their first interstate game until 1904. Mm. So quite a while, but... Yeah, so interstate intercolonial games and games between states has been around for a long time. This is nothing new.
2: No. no.
0: Um, but it was always as we said before you're representing the state you're playing in, not the state. Well, actually it was more the league you're playing in. Yeah. Because let's be honest, the the Waffle and the Sandfall are really the the Perth Football League, the Adelaide Football League. Yes. The VFL is the Melbourne Football League, Yeah. plus Geelong. Um, So they're really representing their leagues because we've had the VFA play against people as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've had teams go and play um, in the gold fields and stuff like that, haven't we? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, we did, you're right. but this all changed in the 70s. Barry Cable seems to have been the uh, the kind of element for change there, the agent for change. Um, okay. So Cable was set to play for North Melbourne in 1970. He, we know he played for North Melbourne. And uh, the Vicks were due to host WA at the MCG. Cable at this time put in a bid to represent his home state, but the VFL refused to give him permission. Uh, the Victoria won by six points, with Cable adamant the result could have been different if he had been allowed to play. He said...
2: Uh, it remains one of the most disappointing things in my career that I was not allowed to play that day. I thought I should have been able. I asked them why Western Australia couldn't select me if I was not selected first by Victoria. I was West Australian after all, but I was never given a reason. I was just told that I couldn't play for WA.
0: Yeah, so um, that was kind of an, an impetus for people to start thinking about, well, why can't they play for their state? It's
2: really, that's really interesting because like... I wonder whether the conversation would have even been had if Cable had been picked to play for Victoria. Mm. It
0: mm. is. Um, so fast forward a little bit, and we uh, we get to a, a fella called Leon Larkin. Um, he is credited with the becoming the inventor of state of origin, or the one who really championed this. He was uh, he was the Subiaco Promotions director, and early in, in nineteen seventy six. When he was appointed full time at Subiaco Football Club, he sat down and thought of ways and means to help the club climb back up the ladder of prosperity. One of the first was to uh, to play this game between WA and Victoria. So um, he had the idea and he approached the VFL about it, and they were initially against it. Okay, which we we know they have been yeah for a while. Um, but he kept trying, kept trying. He went to the uh, the Centenary Test Cricket Match in, I think it must have been 76, and raised the idea again, and it kind of got a bit more traction this time. Um, support also came from the Victorian Players Association, and this helped sway the VFL's attitude.
3: Well, um, it came about because I think the day that Polly Farmer played for Victoria against West Australia at Suby Oval, that was really the the catalyst that said this has got to stop but it was quite simple in those days because uh, football wasn't so complicated at times so we the rule was that you were eligible to play for the state you played your first league match yeah even though a guy like neil barm had only played four matches for subiaco as a 16 year old he was eligible to play for west australia which he did and that's that
0: that's how we came about meanwhile in june they had a match between victoria and wa but with the old rules Oh, okay. And so I've got the teams here. Um, I won't go through the WA team because that's all actual, mostly Western Australians. But here's the Victorian team for you, Charlie. Yep. Let's see if there's some standouts here Francis Burke, Bruce Doole, Lee Matthews, Trevor Barker, Mark Browning, Peter Hudson, Malcolm Blight, uh, Max Richardson, Ian Nancurvis, Kevin Bartlett, Robbie Flower, Graham
2: Teasdale, Simon Madden, Gary Wilson.
0: Anything, anything stand out to you there?
2: Well, yeah, so you've got, you just said Peter Hudson. Yep, Tasmanian. Right. Tasmanian. Yep. Uh, you've got Mark Browning.
0: From New South Wales. From New South Wales. Yep. Max Richardson's not from Victoria. Is he's he? WA, he's playing against his home he's, state. Yeah, and Bloody's
2: from South Australia. Yeah.
0: So Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so this game was played in WA and the Victorians won very comprehensively. Um, 154 to 91. Victorians, yeah. That's, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, no, you said Victor- Yeah, but like they're not really, are they? Yeah. Some of them, yeah. Well, most of them, yeah. So um, that was interesting that they played that game. So then later in the year, they would play a proper game with state of origin rules. You're playing for the state where you were born. Um, all right, so this game was scheduled originally uh, for October 1st in 1977. But what happened in the VFL in 1977, Charlie?
2: Well, we had a draw in the grand final. final, (laughs) So
0: that pushed things back a bit. We've got WA's team selection. Polly Farmer, your coach.
2: Yeah, okay. So, yeah.
0: Where he should be. Where he should be. Really interesting, though, he'd just been sacked as East Perth coach. And he actually offered to withdraw. He said, if you don't want me to be coach of WA, I won't be. But they said, no, no. You're You're staying. Yeah, you're the man for us. Yep. Um, But his task wasn't easy because he had a squad from all corners. Uh, in all different conditions as well, like Captain Graham Moss, whose club hadn't played finals, was, hadn't he? Had, so he hadn't played. So he had a bit of Yeah, yep. Whereas some were coming straight from the uh, the grand
2: final in the VFL the week before, so some were fresh, some weren't. Um, so all the as you just said, the state of origin, they're all waffle players, or generally waffle players, apart from the guys in the VFL. Is that right? Like, there's not really guys from other leagues in WA. No. So no. if
0: we look at the team that played in that June match Yep We've got, yeah Ross Glendening Ken Hunter Brian Peake Featherby Graham Moss They're all pretty much Western Australians Because I think most people are generally going to Victoria where the money is Yeah, yep, yeah, yep yeah. um, But yeah, good question Look, I don't know 100% where all those players are from Yep Some of them might be from other states But my I think they are West, mostly Western yeah. Australian
2: And playing in the waffle Yep yeah. For the mo- yeah yeah
0: um, Barry Cable recalled the intense motivation am- amongst the returning players. So all those who who were chosen, they were eager to underline WA's football prowess on what they considered to be a level playing field after decades of the Vicks taking it up to them. Yeah, um, they gathered five football experts to select their
2: side, and this is the team.
0: This is this is the Western Australian team, Charlie.
2: Yep, come on, throw it at me.
0: Um, I might break it down by position. Then we might go through what teams they're from. Yep. Um, so, from the back line, we've got Steve Curtis, Ross Glendenning, Kevin Worthington, we've got backs Ian Miller, Joe Mackay, Basil Campbell, centers Tony Morley, Peter Featherby, Alan Reed. half-forwards George Young, Neil Baum, Max Richardson, forwards we've got Ron Alexander, Gary Sidebottom, Stan Magro, Rucks, Ron, uh, Graham Moss, Bruce Monteith, uh, Barry Cable, and reserves Bill Varley, Ken Hunter, and Jim Sewell. Might recognise some of those names as well. Well,
2: that's what I was going to say. I'm just going through. So you've got in that side, uh, Ian Miller, currently playing in the, for Fitzroy, correct? Uh, George Young at St Kilda, yeah. Barmy at Richmond, yep. Max Richardson, as we just mentioned, uh, at Collingwood. Yep. You've got. Uh, you've got a
0: few Collingwood players there. You got Colling. You've got uh, Stan Magro and Kevin Worthington. Sorry, as
2: well. Kevin. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't got that. So Kevin Worthington, yeah, and Stan Magro. You've got Barry Cable. At North, yep. you've got um, Graham Moss who
0: had been playing in the Waffle but previously at Essendon in 76.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you'd look at, I mean, not, not Graham Moss there, but you look at that side, you've got one, two, three, four, five guys who had would previously have been ineligible to play for WA.
0: Yes, Yeah. Um, so I just go by them by their waffle teams as well. So we've got from South Fremantle Max Richardson, Stan Magro, Tony Morley, Bruce Monteith, Joe Mackay, Basil Campbell. From Perth, Ian Miller and Barry Cable. East Perth, Ron Alexander, Ross Glen Denning, Stephen Curtis. Subiaco, we've got George Young, Peter Featherby, Neil Baum. West Perth, Bill Varley. Swan Districts, Gary Sidebottom, East Fremantle, Jim Stool and Alan Reed. And from Claremont, Ken Hunter, Graham Moss and Kevin Worthing. So
2: these are their junior clubs, is that right? Because that's, that's their waffle teams. They're wa- the teams that yeah.
0: So the teams they're currently playing playing for, or have come from, have so, come
2: from, yes. So for instance, um, we've is it got Max Richardson came from South Freo to, to Collingwood? Yes, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Um, hopefully
0: we got that right because we're not experts in uh, Western Australia. No, football, we so. certainly are not.
2: Great. Great. Not experts in anything, um, as Charlie, we've said.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, can you describe uh, Western Australia's jumper for me?
2: Uh, well, it's the opposite of the. No, hang on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's the opposite of the Richmond jumper. Mm yellow jumper black sash yeah. with uh is that like a I think that's the is it supposed to be WA I think so yeah with a an outline and with a circle in the middle yeah that with might might a dot like a, in the middle be a, might be a football outline of w yeah it's, it's a weird outline of WA yeah it's very uh, geometric it is yeah yeah and then the number uh the number up on the left breast no right breast yeah. and and also on the shorts yeah. Interesting. I yeah. quite like that, the number, number on the shorts. Yes.
0: number on the front of the top too.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a bit right. basketball, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah you're right. Mm. Um, now let's have a talk about the Vicks as well and how they lined up. Uh, so from the back line, we've got Bruce Dankervis, Trevor Barker, Gary Dempsey, Bruce Dool, Peter Knight, Francis Burke. Then we've got Senators, Brian Wood, uh, Schimmelbush and Robbie Flower. Half-forwards, we've got Byrne, Ick, and Hendry. Forwards, we got Don Scott, uh, Moore, mm-hmm. and Rowling. Rockman we've got Len Thompson, uh, Michael Tuck, and Kevin Bartlett. Reserves were Sheedy, Picken, and Wells. Yeah, good However, team, that. I will point out that uh, both um, Kevin Bartlett and Lee Matthews didn't play. They, they were late withdrawals in this game. But club by club, let's break this down. So from Carlton, we've got... Bruzy Doll, Collingwood.
2: Uh, Len Thompson and Billy Picken.
0: I don't think I mentioned Picken, so he must have been one of the replacements.
2: Yeah. Um, Foots Gray. Gary Dempsey. Geelong. Ian Nankervis. Hawkers. Ah uh, well, jeez, a few. So Peter Knights, John Henry, Don Scott, Kelvin Moore, Michael Tuck, uh, and Barry Rowlings. So and lethal as we mentioned, but didn't who didn't play? Yeah. These. Um, Robbie Flower and Greg Wells. Yeah. Not bad for cellar dwellers. Not bad. Um, kangaroos? Uh, Wayne Schimmelbush, John Byrne, Stephen Nick, and John Casson. So John Casson
0: must have been the one who came in for. So Casson and Pickin must have been the two. two came that in. came
2: in, yep. Uh, from Richmond? Uh, Francis Burke, Kevin Sheedy, Brian Wood, and as we said, Kevin Bartlett, who didn't play. And St Kilda? Trevor Barker.
0: And then from South Melbourne, Essendon, and Fitzroy, we've got no one. Nobody. Mm, I mean, Graham Moss, maybe? Yeah. Um, now, I might go through some of the preparation because um, Robbie Flowers' autobiography has some really interesting little anecdotes about it. Um, so, because of the drawn grand final, Barassi arranged for Alan Jeans to actually help train the team in the lead-up.
2: Because he was still... Uh, he was playing around. He yeah. wasn't yeah.
0: doing anything. Yeah. Um, no, or- but
2: Barass was otherwise occupied. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But Jeans wasn't doing much, so... yeah. Um, they flew to Perth two days early to acclimatise to the weather and the ground.
2: Yeah, good idea if you can do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, and here's a little bit about WA's preparation as well. This is from Polly Farmer's book. I had a half a dozen of them for two weeks, and the rest I had training for two sessions. It wasn't very much at all. We had a very good meal together where all the players had the opportunity to get up and have a talk and make a personal commitment. They talked of all the times in the past um, there was an opportunity to make up for them. So, they not only played for all the people that went to the game, but they also played for all the people who'd played for WA and been soundly beaten.
2: Yeah.
0: There was a great feeling. It was a feeling that was probably far superior to what the Victorians could generate. That was the difference. We had quality players and a great feeling. Yeah. So, like the a, 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 a taste of revenge, really.
2: Well, you, yeah, because you, you can imagine, like, yeah, well, exactly, of that thing of being like, well, we would have been more competitive had we not had one hand tied behind our back. Yeah. Right? I mean, if
0: you've got our best player as your ruckman.
2: Yeah. Then. And just on that note like thinking about those guys who are from that state playing against that state. It must have been an odd thing for yeah. the for the times in past where you, yeah, I mean is your heart really in playing for for Victoria if you're not Victorian? No. It's weird that this it's taken up until 1977 to think that this would be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. really interesting. Just before the game started, the Vicks were
0: shown some motivational boxing movies as well to pump them up.
2: <laughs> Just to get them in the mood, get the blood yes. flowing. Uh, so, uh, so then, so on October the eighth at Subiaco, we had the very first State of Origin match in front of twenty five and a half thousand people. Good crowd, yeah, good crowd, um, and. Geez, I think that Western Australian pump-up, the feeling mm. really got them going at the start. The, the boxing movie didn't do much for Victoria.
0: Not at all.
3: Western Australia, and Neil Barmer's in there. Over the back of the packet goes. Chance for Bruce Monteith. Out to the far flank. A scramble in the centre of the ground, and Ian Robertson will bounce it down in the opening seconds of this game going to be some very tight play, I feel, in these opening Good minutes. Kick. out towards the uh, left half-back flank as the siren has gone to end the first quarter of play here at Subiaco <laughs> over this afternoon. And believe it or not, Western Australia, 6-5, 41, Victoria, yet to score. And Lou Richards, as we said a moment ago, a long while since the Victorian side has failed to score in an opening uh, quarter of a game. Well, I can't recall that ever happening before, and uh, I just think that full uh, marks must go to the Western Australian Australians, because I think Bob mentioned during his commentary that uh, your side is playing in front, they're attacking the ball all the time. Uh, the, the Victorian side seemed to me as if
2: they're terribly uncertain about what they have to do. And uh, of course, um, they
0: were. Uh... So tell me about that first quarter, Charlie.
2: Well, the score at the end of the first quarter was Western Australia 6 5 to Victoria 0 0.
0: Um, Barry Cable said that he thought if they got off to a decent start, they were a big chance. Um, the Vics were not shocked that we played well, though. We probably were a bit shocked that it was six goals to nothing, though. Mm. Robbie Flower says that At a quarter time They were down By what 41 points But Barassi was calm Interesting Interesting for Barassi.
2: Yeah Considering they hadn't Fired a shot mm. Very interesting Maybe he was in shock More than calm Yeah I think uh, So Coming out after that You'd be thinking The Vicks would be like We really need to Turn this around The WA backs Are um, going to be under
3: pressure I don't know Whether they've swung a man I think they might have uh, John Mack Ron Alexander is a spare man in defence down there at the moment, number six. Yes, Bob. Uh, Why why go on the defensive when you're attacking so well, Bob? I can't understand that move, quite frankly. Well, we'll see how it goes as we bounce the ball for the start of the second quarter. 6-5, 41 WA. Victoria yet to score, and Moss trying to take them forward once more. In the centre of the ground, Maygrove.
2: But things sort of kept going on the same trajectory. So in the second quarter, we had both teams kicking three. Western Australia now 9-9 at the half to Victoria's 3-4. So better quarter from the Vicks
0: Better quarter, but Barassi was ropeable uh, He gave the team a tongue lashing This is not what we're here for, he said He ripped into a few blokes for not pulling their weight Made a few changes and set them back out breathing fire
2: Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't make some changes at quarter time But maybe he was just waiting for them to get into the swing of things But okay, well, let's tell. How did that breathing fire go, Charlie? Uh, not that well <laughs> Those changes don't seem to have worked out that well So they did kick another goal And two points So Vic were uh, at 4-6 at the three-quarter break But Western Australia really started to pull away At uh, this stage And we're now at 17-9 Yeah, they kicked
0: eight goals straight in that third quarter In the premiership quarter there
2: Ooh. So three-quarter time
0: uh, They were down by 78 Barassi swapped the backs and the forwards Winger swapped sides And the 19th and 20th men came on
2: As well They just decided to have two, two more men on the field Did mm. they? Yeah no, my gosh. Like, that's, des- like, that's just desperate from us. That's not, like, what what are you doing? Yeah.
0: Um. No
3: chance in the world. And, uh, you know, it's been a tremendous performance. And uh, let's say, it's a, as we all know, it's a terribly one-sided game. But yet it's very entertaining because the way that uh, West Australia's played this match. And uh, they've really attacked the ball. They've played in front. And Victoria have been terribly hesitant in their attitude towards the game. And they've made... Mistake after mistake. And, of course, Barassi would be terribly broken-hearted
0: about this because he loves to be a winner. And today he's uh, taking a back seat. You probably understand then. With five minutes or so to go, the runner came out with the instructions, don't lose by 100.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And they managed not to, but only just. So that final score after uh, Western Australia booted another six. Six goals four. Six goals four in the final quarter. And Mel... uh, uh, VIX sort of keep, did goals, all right, kicking another four three. goals three. Yeah. So the final score there was 23-13, 151 to Victoria 8-9-57. Yep. They definitely did it for all those ex-WA players. Absolutely.
0: Um, a loud tuck in. Siren
3: is gone. There goes the siren. Western Australia have won and won brilliantly the final score. WA 23 goals, 13, 151 have defeated Victoria 8-9-57, and Bob, a superb exhibition of play. Um,
0: Shall so we go through some of these goal scorers,
2: Charlie? Absolutely. So we had Richo with six. Max Richardson. Max Richardson with six. Alexander with three. Monteith, two. Magro, two. Young, two. Sidebottom, two. and Moss, two. And then Sewell, Featherby, Reed, and Cable with one each. Yep. Uh, for Victoria, we had Moore with four, Hendry, two, and one, Schimmelbush, and Byrne also won. So best for WA were Cable, Moss, Richardson, Monteith, Alexander, and Featherby. And for Victoria, it was Flower, Nankervis, Barker, Knights, Rowlings, and Dempsey.
0: Yeah, so Barry Cable, widely regarded as the best on ground there. And um, Max, Max Richardson kicks in, kicking six. I mean, yeah, huge. Of these stats are the, the report says Barry Cable's superb roving performance worked hard and skillfully throughout in one of his best ever efforts. Um, I do actually have the stats here as well <laughs> 14 kicks, 12 effective, 3 marks, 11 handballs. Um, so Barry Cable was retros- retrospectively awarded a Simpson Medal for his efforts in the inaugural State of Origin in 2007 um, for being 30 years later, 30 years later, <laughs> being named best on ground. Um, and this some recollections of this game.
1: That was a memorable game, and uh, we were up for it, and we really enjoyed it, and and went hard. Polly Farmer, you know, absolute legend of the game, and to uh, have him instruct and give instructions during the course of the game and before the game, you know, inspired you to the point where you know, you just play above yourself. And I think that was the main reason we did start really well that year. That every player sort of found their little Superman. We started well in the ruck and. All of a sudden, around the, the ground, players lifted, and you can see it in the videos. And consequently, on the ground, you sort of you know, you've got to do a bit yourself, you know. And that's what sort of gives you the impetus to play a good game. Well, State of Origin was probably the the highest level that we could play at, at the time, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Loved it. It was just a, a pinnacle, really. It was sort of the you know best
3: of the best, supposedly, and uh, it was a great honour. And we had we, we had things on our terms. we were all West Australian players, and. Uh, we were as good as anybody.
1: Oh, I think there was always this um, aura of the big V, and we certainly uh, dismissed that aura in, in one, one foul swoop. I remember the, run, the Victorian runner coming on the ground with about five minutes to go, giving messages to Victorian players from, from Barassi, I think was the coach, uh, Victoria. I wonder what the message would be. And he said, the message was, if you buggers don't win this game, or don't, if you, you buggers don't kick a goal in this last quarter, you're walking back across the, the nullable. Intense some of the Victorians were, and they say they weren't. Um, is. 40 seconds, a minute left in the game. Ball goes to the uh, halfback flank, our halfback flank, uh, far side of the ground. And Kev Sheedy comes in to shepherd off, uh, running after the ball. So, uh, 11 stitches later, uh, and a bit of blood. But you know what? You didn't feel a damn thing because it, the celebrations were, were pretty good.
2: I just was rapt to be part of it. I didn't. Did I think we'd win? Probably not.
1: Purely <laughs> uh, chilli because it was the first time uh, that we had a,
2: a true state of origin game. And I think it was great for the players that played, but it
3: was
1: also fantastic for the supporters and for the state to to know that, you know, the boys that represented them were homegrown and they were as good as anybody in the country. To be able to share the day with uh, some great mates uh, who we played against in Victoria and also in Western Australia, was a great thrill and obviously having a a resounding victory made it uh, the cream on top of uh, of the cake, you could say. Oh, probably the most special part of your career mainly because you know, you're playing for your state, which is paramount. And next you play with a group of people like this. You know, the Glenn Dennings and the Masters, and who are now sort of legend in the sport. And you do these sorts of things, you think think back, well, you know, at least I contributed somewhere along the track to helping WA win some games against the Vicks, and that was always the prime motivation for playing state footy. Well, I think it was one of the most fantastic games I've ever played in, in my life, apart from the 1981 Grand Final, of course. Um, but to get all the, uh, the players together that, had, that uh, had played for Western Australia, to have beaten Victoria as comprehensively as we, uh, we did was just an outstanding experience and one that we'll remember for the rest of our lives.
0: When the Victorian players went home, they copped a fair bit about the result in the opening quarter. They deserved every bit of it, said the WA people. The victory was good for local morale. Um, there was an irresistible wave of patriotism he described in the Subiaco crowd, the match had ushered in a new era of interstate football thanks to the WA players who made the total commitment to the game, showing a fierce pride in their state and proving that there were no better players than Western Australians.
2: Yeah, which is... I mean, it's probably... I mean, it must have been awful at the time, but it's probably the best thing that could have happened to actually get State of Origin going. Going, Absolutely. because it's, it's been a little bit one-sided, right? Like, it's always been the Vicks are probably going to win. yeah. So to see that it it would would have given not only WA wanting to just keep that momentum up, but South Tassie and um, uh, well Queensland and New South Wales not so much um, would have been like okay well we now actually might be in with a shot here and sort of got that uh, back in got them back into it got the blood pump yeah shot in the arm exactly blood pumping a little bit more. Um, So Charlie, there is a bit of a. uh Match
0: Report here Do you want to go through it?
2: Yeah well I don't think you need to We don't need to go through The whole thing it's a, It looks like It's a great article But I mean It starts strong There was no autopsy Needed after Victoria's Shocking defeat No excuses given And none accepted I mean That's basically sums it up That, that sums it up Pretty well uh, And uh, I Then it goes on To you know Have a few quotes We've got a quote From Polly Farmer Um, the mastermind of WA's first victory since 1965 where he said we've won on average five games in a hundred years so you'll have to excuse us for us guiding it doesn't happen often
0: yeah the 94 point loss being hailed as the greatest upset in Australian football history in another 80 years they will still be talking about the 8th of October 1977 the Premier Charles Court said proudly after the game
2: well it's 50 years later now and we're still talking Mm. about it so (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: Victorian captain Francis Burke Led a group of nine players Who had less than eight kicks For the record Their names were John Hendry John Casson Billy Picken Kevin Sheedy Bruce Dool Brian Wood Peter Moore And uh, Len Thompson
2: Interesting because You just said A couple of names And I think So Bill Picken had less than nine kicks But I think he was named in the best For Victoria That's not great No no and he was Sorry I'm wrong
0: there This is from The Age as well So they're actually Naming and shaming Yeah This is how bitterly Disappointed the dicks are <laughs> um, The only one who Played any good Was Robbie Flower Mhm. Yeah
2: Well he's used to Playing well in a bad team <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Absolutely <laughs> um, And this is what Ron Barassi's response was It was disgusting you are, no, you are to make no excuses Because there are none You don't know What it's like to play In a losing Victoria side I do It's not a pleasant experience so I think Barash was part of that, 19, I think it's 63. Oh, WWE yeah. Beat them. I think it was 63. In the early 60s when Polly led them to a big victory in, I believe it was Brisbane. We
3: were just really keen on proving a point, which we did. Uh, I remember the score at quarter time was 5-4 to nil, um, hmm. which was the exact opposite to what the matches had been previously. And uh, it sort of grew from there. Until the
2: national competition took over.
0: Um, so, what is the legacy that this game left, Charlie?
2: Well, as we said, I mean, how? I mean, obviously, in the last few years, we we don't have as much anymore. But I mean, it doesn't. Everyone just love the idea of State of Origin still. It absolutely. Created a.
0: Well, for the for the eighties, for the end of the seventies and the eighties, absolutely, it was massive. Yeah. Because there was meaning in it and because Victoria had been embarrassed, they wanted to make up for it. Yep. And we're still at a point where it's just Victoria, so state pride is a thing. Yeah. I, and I suppose the last meaningful game was really 95 when EJ did his lap of honour. That's right. And since then, it really petered out. And we, because we've got a national competition, it's not something we do. Really.
2: No, and it's... And I think because the way the game is now and and the money on the line, I guess, with these players and injuries and, and stuff, you... It's gone out of it. And it's a shame because, you know, you look at the NRL and I don't think... I mean, I'm a bit biased, but I don't think there's much they do better than us. But that but that is one thing that they do. The most annoying thing, knowing it is a Australian rules idea that they have that taken they do, and just took, absolutely um, flown yeah. with. And can you imagine, I mean, like... When when the state of origin, the NRL state of origin, has been held in Melbourne, they get the best crowds they get anywhere in in the country. Yeah. For a game between New South Wales and Queensland, like can you imagine if they were able to get it back and, and running at its former glory? Wouldn't it be incredible? I mean, you and I went together to the the charity oh, for the too. bushfires. But that
0: was just demonstration. Football. And it was, a dem- that was
1: bruise
2: free. It was demonstration football, but wasn't it amazing to see those superstars playing oh, on absolutely. the same team? Yeah. Like it was in, it was incredible. But it was. But like imagine it. if it was. If, if, there if it was, was real, passion in yeah, exactly. It. Passion is the, the right word.
0: People cared, and the players cared, yeah, because that's what they did in the '70s and '80s. They yeah. cared, and they put their bodies on the line, and they played some bloody good
2: football. And it, there was, there was meaning, and, and yeah, and real fire in, in as we just uh, you know saw, in wanting to perform for your state. Yeah, yeah, did state pride. You think they'll ever bring it back? I can't, am- I can't see it,
0: unfortunately. I still love them to at least announce, like, here's the best WA team of this year and here's the best Tassie team of this year, and, and still announce the teams and, like, even hand out the jumpers.
2: Like they do for, well, I know. Yeah, that would be good. They don't have to play, it?
0: but even just naming the team so you can at least dream of it happening. Yeah. Yeah, and why not? I yeah. mean,
2: just we do it for so many other things. Like, wouldn't that be great? Here's my radical idea to bring it back. Okay, throw it at us. Okay, every four years you've got the
0: Olympics. Yep. Two years later, you've got the Commonwealth Games. I'd have one of those in between years as like the Australia Games. And maybe you make it your Olympic qualifying and-
2: And it's state versus state.
0: State versus state. For everything. For everything, not just football. So it's a whole carnival of netball, football, rugby, athletics, swimming, like everything, state versus state. It's great. That's how I would fix it. Kind of like school football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you go and play those little mini carnivals and yeah. everyone in the school goes, all the grade fives and sixes to go off and play their sport. Do that for the States. Love that. Yeah. I love that.
2: In the year leading up to an Olympics or something, yeah. is that where you When you thinking? When you're
0: picking your team, yeah. when you're doing your qualifiers, that's when you do it.
2: Yeah, great. So Melbourne hosts the 20... 20- so, so every four years you reckon <laughs> yep. it's doable.
0: Yep. So Melbourne hosts the 2023 Australia Games. <laughs> And all the best teams from all the states would come and you'd pick you'd end up picking your team for the Olympics the next year from the, the squads from the best players in those games.
2: I'm and all about obviously this. obviously
0: Australian rules football we're not picking teams to represent, but why not play that as well? Yeah. That's my radical idea. Just think
2: Yeah. You just you'd need someone <laughs> you need somebody who's passionate about this to bring it back. Well that's
0: know? it. Neil Curley and Ted Whitten just
2: absolutely drove it. yeah Didn't they? And some yeah, someone who's got that that power to bring people along and and get people in yeah yeah and we've had things you know it could be younger players like it could be sort of a under Under 22s or under 23s and where you know good opportunity to get more experience and yeah who knows yeah yeah who knows maybe one day maybe one day all right well we can dream
0: we can and we always
2: do <laughs> well hopefully Timmy next time we talk about uh, 78 no it won't be next time we talk I was going to say we'll have an we'll have a uh, idea of whether we are getting a Tasmanian team yeah
0: potentially in the
2: next but few episodes yeah we'll see we'll see, see. It's something we can definitely keep talking about yeah. um,
0: shout out to Alex Salmon as well who reached out from WA who sent me help, pointed me in the right direction for some of these uh resources which helped form this episode so thank you Alex yeah
2: fantastic
0: um, he also questioned why we don't why we got rid of our around the ground segment <laughs> um, one of the main reasons being we just got too much stuff to talk about at the moment yep but we have spoken about doing maybe a, a dedicated western australian episode and a dedicated sample so, yeah, episode at some stage so absolutely potentially down the line we, we, we will look into that yep because it's an area we haven't we don't know as much about
2: yeah, absolutely. And we talk so much about, you know, when we talk about these debutantes, we talk about the fact they're coming from these other states and, and coming over here. So it'd be nice to hear a bit about yeah, that. But it? There's just not enough time. No. In the, unless yeah. we can put our jobs and do this full time. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Fly us to WA, we can just do a residency.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, beautiful. Well, Timmy, so until 78, I feel like it's going to be a... Uh, it's a bit of a let, it, not a letdown, but we're coming down off a ma- the top of a massive wave with a drawn grand final in 77, first state of origin. How, how
0: would Barassi be feeling? Just won this drawn grand final, this rematch, and then, and then absolutely bang. smashed.
2: Yeah. D- didn't get to ride high not for too at all. long, did he? Not at no. Barry Cable would be happy. Oh, he'd be,
0: he'd be alone. <laughs> He would be on top of the world.
2: Well, beautiful. Well, Timmy, until 78, Hooray. Right.
3: To find out more about the Kick to Kick team and the sources we use, visit our website www.kicktokickpodcast.com. You can contact us via email at kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram under at kicktokickpod. Thanks so much for listening.